Bethel World Outreach Church. Reaching a city to touch the world. We're continuing in our series, The Gift. Last week we spoke about the gift, the gift of the word. Remember the Bible says, so shall your word be that goes forth, continues to go forth. It doesn't return void. It accomplishes what, that where it's sent and prospers wherever it goes. The word was spoken in the midst of the darkness and light came out of the darkness. The word became flesh, dwelt among us, laid down his life, redeemed mankind. That's the, you know, incarnation all the way to his... Um, to, to, to the resurrection of Christ. The Word of God was the genesis point of all of these things. It is the most amazing gift you can get. In fact, I believe just like you need your daily bread, give us this day our daily bread, you need a rhema word every day, a specific, individual, and special word so you can live your life. That's a gift available to you, but you've got to show up and get the gift. Amen. Today, we're going to be talking about the gift of the Spirit, that God has something that He is giving you that doesn't nullify the other things that He's giving you, but there are additional benefits. Today, I cannot teach you holistically about everything that deals with God, the Holy Spirit, but it is vast and it is great. I'm going to be narrow in just what his gift is and how you receive that. But I just want you to know as a, just an uh, emphatic fact that God the Holy Spirit is God. He is co-equal, co-eternal, and that when you get Jesus or you get the Word, you get the Father, you get the Holy Spirit also. So that's the Spirit of God dwelling in you when you get saved. But I'm not talking about him dwelling in you as much as I'm talking about him dwelling upon you as a gift. And I'm going to explain that gift. And three things should come out of this message it's how you receive this gift I'm going to talk about. You can receive it through how you worship. The more you worship God, the more the atmosphere changes, the more you're receptive to the things that God wants to pour out to you. Number two, when the word of God is going out, especially the gospel message, the good news about the death, burial, resurrection, the sinless life of Jesus, when that is preached, there is just an availability of this gift like none other. And you know what? Sometimes, ultimately, we just need some help from other human beings who God has anointed and empowered to help you receive that which you could not receive on your own, and that's by laying hands and through spiritual impartation. We're going to try to deal with several of those things to do. Okay, so let's look at Acts 1, verse 4. All of the Scriptures are designed to center in on one point, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. While there are many other points we can make, that's the one we're centering in on. This is the, Jesus has already been uh, raised from the dead. Now he's hanging out on the earth with his disciples, and this is one of his final messages to them. On one occasion, while he was still eating with them, he gave them the command, not an option. He gave them the command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. For the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
So we understand that God, the Holy Spirit, that dwells in you, has more to give you than just the indwelling. There is an infilling, which is God upon you, which is the gift I'm centering in on today. And the Bible says, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Now, I'm going to tell you some things about this gift. The gift is defined this way. It's not something that you earn. It's given to you willingly without payment. It is a present or natural ability or talent. It's, it's nothing you earn or deserve. There is no exchange rate for this gift. You can buy, you, you, you cannot buy this gift. You cannot buy this gift. In fact, there was a man in the Bible who saw that the Spirit of the Lord was given through the laying on the hands, and he came to the disciples and asked if he could purchase the power. And he was rebuked, and it was discovered that he had a root of bitterness on the inside of him, and God wanted him to deal with our, the sin. Sometimes our off perspectives about the gift is because there's something on the inside of us that's not seeing the world or other people right. He had a root of bitterness that, that had to be dealt with. Now, all gifts, let me help you understand about gifts. When they're given without, without that, my, my, my wife reminds me as a Proverbs 31 woman that there was nothing that I could do to earn a relationship with her. She has reminded me many times, the places we go throughout the world, that she's a Proverbs 31 woman who says her price is far above rubies, which means it's invaluable, rare, and infrequent, so you cannot do anything to work to get it. You get, get, get her, she has to be bestowed upon you. So all the four years that I pursued her, she held this information tight, but she enjoyed the pursuit. That's all right. She enjoyed all that stuff, but you know, she was still holding out for the Lord to release her to me because she is a gift. You can't, there's nothing you can do. When someone, when somebody said, everyone's searching for love, but sometimes I feel like we're working too hard to get the love that should be freely given. You don't work to earn love. You know, here's how I, I treated you good. Love me. Love me right. I love you. Love me. It's like a stalker kind of intimidating love. I loved you, love me. Where my love at? You know, love that, love that. Right now, love that. You know, it's not like that. Love is, not, love is not something that you, love is something that you freely give. You bestow your love on somebody else. You've been in that relationship for a lot of years and you're still not feeling that love. You know what? You answered your own question. You answered your own question. So God loves you and me enough to allow us to receive a gift. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be being filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk. I am not a drinker. I don't think it's wise to drink even if God told me it was okay for me to drink because I'm not good. I, I'm excessive. Y'all laughing because y'all know that. Yeah, imagine him drunk. Yeah, uncontrollable. <laughs> it's not wise for me at all. And the other people was agreeing. I, some, yeah, the other people was agreeing. I think I can handle it, but I would be pride. That would be pride because I can't handle it. I'd be in jail. What are you in jail for? Somebody get him out. 
Yeah, I'm not supposed to drink. And if you ever find out I did, it's Bruce's fault. <laughs> Let's just be clear. It's not, it's, it's, it's him. Just want to say that out loud, you know. Why does God tell us, according to uh, D.L. Mooney, we need to be filled with spirit? You know what he said? We are always leaking out something. You know, if you, if you, 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 you need to be filled with spirit because our lives are so broken that we, we use up all the grace that gets put in us. And we need to be filled up every day in order to do the will of God. Since my kids were young, I've been telling them that the three things that they need to do is, you know, you wake up, and you pray to God, two, you listen back to what God has to say, and you pray in the Spirit. You know, I was talking to my, my, my son, uh, one of my sons, Jackson, and I was telling him, he was nervous about the ACT test at 12 years old. I said, don't worry. The Bible said the Holy Spirit will bring back everything you remember. Just go pray in your heavenly language. Sit there and pray in your language long enough until you get filled with confidence, until you get filled with power, until you feel, get filled with ability, until you get filled with might, until you feel with capability, until you think that the world is just something that you get the opportunity to conquer through the grace of God. God didn't call you to live weak or pitiful or halfway or almost. God called us to live powerful lives, but you need the powerful Holy Spirit to be not just in you but upon you, to be a difference maker. But in one of the reasons it's a gift, it's not as effective at times. It's because, it's because we're playing throwback with God. Here's it. Get, get, Rachel, help, help me out here. Or, or, yeah. Don't get hurt because I'm a little strong, you know. With it. Yeah. Just. Come on, swap out. The theory was right, but... The, it's like God has a gift for us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, all I want you to do is say no and throw it back to me. He gives us the gift. A little louder. No, you can have it. No, no, I really want. No, 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 really, really. It's yours. It's free. You don't have to, you don't have to do nothing. Come on, come on, keep it. You're, you're good. You're not good. You need my grace. Here you go. Okay, so this is what we're doing with God. We are, he's giving us the gift, and we just keep saying, no, thank you. Not this time. I got filled last week. I got filled last year. That's good enough. But you need him every day, all day long, filling you up to overflow so you can deal with all the craziness of life. This is a gift. The Word is a gift because it's light and life. The Spirit is a gift because it's power and influence, bringing back things to your remembrance. It's the power mostly, mostly to fulfill your mission. Mostly it's for you to be a witness so that when you encounter anyone in need, you have the power to meet their need the same way Jesus met their need in his name. This is the powerful gift that's in you to be a witness, to be able to preach and teach. So if it's your gift and you don't want to give it back to him, you do need to know how best to receive it. What I love about Jesus is that he didn't limit receiving the Holy Spirit to one way. 
There's a lot of different people and personalities here. I'm going to give you three of the ways I believe you can receive the Holy Spirit, but there could even be more, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that is. One is in worship, two is just through his word and preaching of the gospel, and three is through laying on the hands. Let's look at the first one, Acts 2, verse 1. The Now, let me set it up. Jesus has ascended, and he spoke that first message that you receive power when you wait in Jerusalem. You will receive the thing I prom- the person I promised was the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now they're actually assembled in Jerusalem in an upper room. And the Bible says they were there praying and worshiping continually. This is the activity that they were doing. He said, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were together in one place. They were together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing or a violent wind came and filled the house where they were sitting. Notice that, that the only thing they did was focus on the Lord and worship the Lord and be in one place, and suddenly the Spirit did something. There's a lot of theories out there that says that we can make something happen. James Lowe can make nothing happen. You can make nothing happen. You can have the right focus, and God can happen upon you. You can create the right atmosphere that God is, God is pleased to come and dwell in. You, 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 the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So you can create a worship environment and then God just descends down in it. But you cannot force him out of heaven or you cannot force him to do something. You cannot make demands upon him. You can just graciously understand that he wants to freely give you something and this is how you receive it through focus and worship. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And verse 3 says, and then they saw what seemed to be I want you to notice it said it seemed to be. It didn't say it was. It said it seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And verse 4 said, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. What, was, what happened the first time that they were filled with the Holy Spirit? What happened the first time that they were filled with the Holy Spirit? What happened the first time they were filled with the Holy Spirit? They began to speak in what? Is that in the Bible? Okay, let's just, just so you know that. It was the worship that allowed them to do that. You know, I, was, I can remember uh, being in the, in the gospel choir. Don't know if I was saved yet or not, but I was singing in the choir. You know, you know, it was where you do the spiritual thing and the other thing at the same time. So maybe that was reason why what I'm about to say didn't work out good for me. But... I remember being in the gospel choir and I was seeing, seeing everybody in the audience getting touched by God and the spirit was moving and, and people was just having a good time with Jesus and the choir director stopped directing and the choir wasn't paying attention. They were someplace worshiping God and, and, and all of a sudden this whole room is just messed up for the Lord and I'm just standing there with my hands like this. Like what? And have you ever been in a room where the spirit of the Lord is moving and around everybody but you and you're thinking, what's wrong with me or what's wrong with them or why is it happening for them and why is it not happening? Have you ever been in that circumstance? Have you ever just had that moment where you wish more was happening to you? And and, and then you kind of start looking at them and start judging. Well, I don't want that to happen. That's a little bit much. You know, they just going too far, a little bit too emotional. I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more dignified. That was my dignified phase. So I stood there for the two hours of that service, and I just held my ground. God, you know, I walked away proud. I won that battle with the Holy Ghost. He, would, he didn't get me into no emotion or no breakdown. I didn't break nothing down. He didn't break me nowhere. I stood my ground. I didn't receive that gift. I didn't receive that gift. Now, now uh, 
I don't know how many of you from the old school faith persuasion eyes where, where, where we say, like, when you take that scripture about focus, what they used to do to help us focus is the old saints. Pastor Steve Rome, you might remember this. No, Deborah might remember this. What they would have is tarrying service. Anybody remember tarrying service? Now, in a tarrying service, the focus is to focus on Jesus. So you just get there down to the front of the room or the altar, and you stand there. For those of you who don't know what a tarrying service is, and you just kind of get in the receiving position. And then what you do, you just kind of close your eyes up, and you just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then somebody, yeah, somebody starts saying, somebody starts saying, that's it. And you say, Jesus. They say, yeah, baby, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you say, 30 minutes later, Jesus, Jesus. I can't hold my arms up no more, Jesus. Oh, I'm tired, Jesus. Won't you just give it to me already, Jesus? Now, an hour later, you mad, Jesus. I said, Jesus. An hour and a half later, your mouth, you, 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 you say, Jesus, Jesus, and then somebody say, that's it. And you think, him, that ain't it. My mouth so dry, my tongue about to fall out. I don't, I, that, that's nothing. And you know what? Tarrying service was a way in the day that focus, they thought that, you know, that was easier way to focus. But you know, God's never asked you to beg for anything. It was just a way that they could figure out how to focus. And eventually, it actually worked. But it sent the wrong message that you got to do too much to do the The Bible says, he says, if he says, if you being evil know how to get good, good gifts to your children, how much will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to whomever asks? And then the Bible goes on to say in John 36, he said, this Jesus whom you crucified has been made both Lord and Christ. He said, so we, they were cut to the heart and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is for you, your children, your children's children, and as many as the Lord your God shall call and, and who are far off. So this gift is for everyone, and really, one of the ways you can receive this gift is through focused worship. Everybody, let's just, just, just practice. Just clear your mind. Clear it. Just, just only do what I'm doing. Hallelujah. 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 
see, worship begins to change the atmosphere, and the question begins to enter our heart. Do we want to stay in this place or continue with the message? Because God, being worshiped, invites His presence, and when His presence is invited, you start losing sight of every other thing that you would focus on except Him, and then you're in a posture now to receive His gift just simply through your worship. It is something available to you every day. Those that worship the Lord in spiritual, see, you have to seek him in that worship and he'll just come on in. It's that simple. Point two, now, I'm, I'm going to prove a point to you and the next point is almost exclusively just reading a point of text to you. That's all it is. It's not a lot of preaching. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read a text to prove a point to you about what the word of God can do and help you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then uh, Acts 10, verse 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. This gift is available to every human being, every ethnic group, doesn't matter. You know the message God sent to his people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is the Lord of all. You know that what, what, what has happened throughout Judea began in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Jesus himself was anointed with the Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him, we are witnesses of everything he did in the, in the country of the Jews and, the, and Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day uh, and caused him to be seen. This is the gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He was not seen by all people, but by the witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as the judge of the living and the dead. All of the prophets in the scriptures testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name while Peter, while James, while Bruce, while Rice was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The gospel message about the life, death, sinless life, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is so powerful that when you receive by faith the work of Christ, the Spirit of the Lord is always there ready to pour out on you. And even without someone pointing out to them that the gift was available, they received the gift and began to speak. 
Sometimes your worship may not get you there, but sitting under good gospel preaching can get you to a point where you understand there's a salvation, a John's baptism of repentance, and then there's a gift of the Holy Spirit that's available to me. And I want that gift. And when you begin to want it, you just move out of the place you're in into a new posture of receiving, and it comes. I had a friend of mine who's now a pastor who I saw him one time. We were best friends. He, he came down front, but nobody called him. The service was in a quiet place. And yet he's down front with his hands up. And I saw, you know, you know, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen a polite usher in church that, that wants you to know you're out of place, come up to you and kind of just tap you. You know, and they'd start out with that, hey. He shook them off. And he was a big guy, so nobody else bothered him. <laughs> then I just felt, you know, I, after a minute, I saw him fall to his knees. And then I'm realizing, okay, something going on. And that brother's over there praying in a new heavenly language. And I'm saying, whoa. So, you know, you shouldn't interrupt nobody's worship. But I had to say, hey, man, what are, hey, what's going on? You, uh, you doing that stuff they do? He said, yeah, I didn't plan on it. It just happened. See, his response to the word, not a person, his response to the good news of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, caused him to move from one place to a new place in a posture of reception. He is receiving the gift without a whole bunch of explanation. Well, this is what's going to happen. Don't worry. Stay calm. You know why it's explaining something in the worship setting? They didn't say, once you worship him. He said, suddenly he came in. And in this moment, while the preacher is still speaking, their hearts got right and the Spirit came and baptized them. If you will get in agreement with the Spirit of God, even while the preaching is still going on, you don't have to wait on a man-fabricated moment that says, don't you want to come down for help? You can just begin to raise your hands up and say, I'm available for that help right now. I'm available for an outpouring of the Spirit right now. I don't care how many times I've been left out of the outpouring. Right now I'm available for the outpouring. I don't care if it's something else going on in the service. I've got a revelation that I've got a gift and I want to get in the posture and I want to in a place where I can receive the gift right now for the gift is for me, for my children, for my children's children. And I want my inheritance right now. And when that revelation hits you, you don't wait for the service to lend itself to your needs. You start saying, God, I need you. And like the woman with the issue of blood, you press past the crowd and you say to yourself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I can get what I need. And I'm telling you, if you will press past your intellect and press past your, the, the religious spirit and you just get to Jesus and the gospel the Spirit of the Lord can come upon you. Yeah. To my final point, <laughs> Acts 19. Those of you who need a little help, it's okay to need human help. Jesus set it up. The Lord set it up where an anointed man or woman of God who sanctified their life can provide you with a breakthrough you couldn't get otherwise. The Bible says in Acts 19 verse 1, while Apollos 
while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived in Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We have not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, or repentance that led to salvation. He told the people to believe in the one who was coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men. You know, the good news for you is we're at the end of the message. It may or may not be making you uncomfortable. The better news is, is that if you couldn't get it, the gift through worship, if you couldn't get it through the word, you can get it through the simplicity of an anointed person that can impart something from one human to another through the laying on the hands. For many years, I've done a, a men's Bible study in the mornings at McDonald's on uh, Edmondson Pike. And for the five years or so we did the Bible study there, you know, a couple of times we were a little too loud. And I learned from that. And every time I got to the Purple Book lesson on the Holy Spirit, I would say these words to the guys who are getting ready to get filled. I say, listen, they're going to kick us out if we get loud. Don't do nothing crazy because you might feel a little excited and get to running, yelling or whatever, crying, you know, save all that for the home or the car ride. I said, I said, when the first people were filled, they didn't know what was going to happen. They began to speak in tongues. I listed all these scriptures. And then I said, when they laid hands on them, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I said, so I'm going to lay your hand on the table. I said, I'm going to take my index finger. I'm going to lay it on you. And the power of God is going to come. And you're going to speak in other tongues, perhaps, in a whisper. <laughs> they said, you understand? I had witnesses in the last service who used to be in my McDonald's meetings. And we would lay hands. And they would get filled with the Spirit right there at McDonald's. And you know what I loved about it? It wasn't a lot of flailing. Ooh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that it been. And guess what? Now, for me, it was a lot of that stuff because my personality lends to something more extreme. You don't even want to really fully digest my experience. <laughs> but God, who's rich in mercy, loves us so much that he gives us a variety of ways to enjoy him. And stand to your feet. And today, ministry team, you can come down. I want to, I want to leave you with a scriptural thought. I'm about to pray for you. There's two prayers, and they last two minutes. It's time to last two minutes. I'm just going to have a song sung in the first.
prayer is for people who already have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. God commands you as a community of believers. When he was speaking it, he wasn't speaking to one person. He was saying, be filled with the Spirit. That was a community of believers together. He wants you to be filled with his Spirit freshly. Freshly. I love the fact that the Bible says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, but they did not have a manifestation of the gift yet. Sometimes you need to understand if you're in here, when you ask God, the Bible says if you ask for bread, he won't give you a stone. If you ask for a fish, he won't give you a serpent. How much more if you being evil know how to give good gifts with the Heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to whomever asks. All you have to do is ask. And when you ask, you receive. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you know you have the petition you have before the Lord. This is not about what you do. This is about just being in a posture to receive. Receive it by faith. If there's some experience that comes on you right away, then glory to God. Or maybe you'll be like Debbie's sister, Angie, who went home after a meeting like this, laid in her bed, and the Spirit of the Lord descended upon her, and she starts speaking in the heavenly language. I don't know how he will move in you, but I know he's a good God, and he's not cruel, and he's not punishing you if you don't have an experience, and he's not condemning you, uh, or he's not restricting you if you have to have a modified experience. Here's the scripture, and I'm going to pray for you. John 7, 37. On the last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, streams of living water will flow from him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him will later receive. Up until this point, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus himself had not been glorified. If you've watched this message and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, I've got good news. You can do it right now. I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life for the rest of my life. I acknowledge I am a sinner. I need you, my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I confess that you are now Lord of my life. If you've just prayed that prayer, I have good news for you. You have eternal life. The next step for you is to get in a Bible-believing church. We volunteer to be that church. But if not us, we pray God's blessings on you as you search for God's best for you. Thank you.